Boop. Happy Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, November the 3rd, 2021. Today's daily Bible readings come to us from Psalm 18, 20 through 30, Ruth 3, 8 through 18, John 13, 31 through 35, or you could have read Psalm 51, Micah 6, 1 through 8, and then John 13, 31 through 35. I'm going to take a look at John 13, 31 through 35 um, and talk about what happened after Judas walked out. This, uh, at this point in the story, Judas has left the building. This is the Last Supper, and Judas has left the building. Um, he's going to turn Jesus in uh, to the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the people that um, whose authority and power Jesus was really challenging by proclaiming that God was actually in control thought, right? Um, and Jesus knows what's coming next. He knows uh, that he is going to face all these false accusations. He's going to face jeering. He's going to face violence. Um, and he will be debased by the very people who should be glorifying God for the work that he is doing in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, his son, Jesus, who is the Christ, right? Uh, but that's not what's going to happen, and Jesus knows it. So, um, we get this interesting little conversation here where he says, you know, now the Son of Man has been glorified. Um, he says, now the Son of Man has been glorified and God has been glorified in him. If God had been glorified, has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Um, that's really uh, interesting language um, and a little confusing. Uh, it's not something that, you know, we follow very easily. Matter of fact, if you look up, um, like, there's this book I reference and it's got early church fathers talking, just making comments on text. And there are several pages just dedicated to those two verses. Um, so he he says the son of man has been glorified and you, you gotta be like well how you know how can he say that how he well he can say it because he's not looking to the crowd these crowd of people who are gonna like jeer him and mock him and debase him and attack him and put him to death he's not looking to them for glorification um he is you know he doesn't need the crowd to give him the proof of glory he doesn't need their adulation to convince him that God is working in him. The cr you know, because crowds, as he knows from his personal experiences, um, they can be fickle and they can turn on a dime uh, just like the tide. You know, it's like when he goes and visits his hometown and, you know, they're expecting him to do them a solid because, you know, he's their hometown boy and he kind of lays it out for them, you know, like where they stand in relationship to God and all of a sudden they want to throw him off a cliff. Don't look to the crowds for your approval and your adulation. Um, so he knows that his glorification, his glory comes from God the Father and, and, and God glorifies himself. Um, it's interesting because Origen, you know, that book I was talking about, Origen was one of our like early leaders in the church, let's put it that way. And he discusses this passage and he points out this interesting thing, which I think we should all pay attention to and remember. Um, he points out that the way that the world, and let's be honest, the way we think too, um, the way you and I understand glory, the word glory, 
is that it's, as he says, the collected praises of the many. In other words, the world thinks that people are glorified by everybody saying, oh, you're so awesome. You know, picture like, you know, American Idol and everybody's voting. And if you don't get all the votes, then you're not as awesome as everybody else. Um, in other words, glory comes from the crowd, from other people, from your peers, um, who all get to decide whether or not you indeed are awesome and worthy of glory. Um, and unfortunately, people live and die by that stuff. Uh, they, I mean, seriously, they live and die by it. Um, but, you know, it makes me wonder, if glory comes from your peers, then, then who are God's peers? Because, you know, he is, by definition, peerless. Um, so he, as Jesus says, ascribes glory to himself. Um, glory to himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's, that's where God gets his understanding of who he is. That's where God gets his all his glory is because he is, right? So, which is interesting because then when we turn around and glorify God, it's not that, you know, he needs us to re reassure him that he indeed is awesome. It's more like when we glorify God, we're, um, uh, it's, well, it's not like when the world glorifies people. It's more like we are, um, we're not, it's more like we're assenting to something that's already true, right? It's like when we glorify God, we're just agreeing to a fact, right? It's not like we're signing in on an opinion poll and like at the end of the day, if we have all voted against him, he's not glorious anymore. We're just acknowledging the fact that, yeah, he is. So when we glorify God, we're assenting to a truth that exists beyond us. God is glorious regardless of us, regardless of whether or not we want to admit it, God is glorious. And for us, his glory is a matter of fact, a testimony to the truth. Um, so when God, who is glorious, just as a matter of fact, wants to have you involved in his existence and his life and wants to be involved in yours, um, you should probably pay more attention to that than you do to whether or not you crowdsource your glory to others. Anyway, that's the DBR for today. Get out, enjoy the day. We'll be back tomorrow.